Touching first on the leadership life aspect of it, I like to learn from individual leaders that have excelled at whatever position they're in and what got them there. I almost view it as my real life MBA. I get to learn from every one of these people we're interacting with. How did you get to be the way you're at? Oh. And I know that's a broad question, but maybe just touch on where did you first get inspired to lead and what did they teach you? You know, I always gravitate towards back, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, my family life from growing up uh, through uh, my mom and dad and, and my brother and sisters. I was the youngest of four, uh, so I was always the, the golden child, so to say, if you ask my, okay. my brother and my two sisters, and I got everything, right? Uh, but I always feel like I, I, I learned uh, through their eyes and watched them grow up. I, uh, you know, my, my parents were great to, to afford the opportunities for me to, to excel in the things I like to do. Uh, and I really think that sports uh, really helped me mold who I am today. Uh, and it's not so much the, the sporting event itself, it's the preparation to be able to excel on, on a field or on a court or, or whatever sport uh, activity you're gonna do because you have, to, you have to practice, you have to prepare, you have to work well with others, you have to have time management, you've gotta you know, uh, just do all the you things. You gotta be willing to accept coaching. And you gotta have the, the ability to understand that you're gonna fail more times you're gonna win. Yeah. And not be afraid of failure, but learn from the failure so you can have those moments of success and then all of a sudden you can have something to reflect back onto and say, that's what got me where I'm at. That's what I like to take out of failure is, could I be a little bit smarter? Yeah. Um, I know I'm gonna fail again, but gosh darn it, if I could be a little bit smarter out of that failure, like you won something, like you got a win in there somewhere. Right. Um, and it motivates you. I mean, when you, when, you, when you lose at something in sports and you're gonna lose more times, you're gonna win, uh, especially if you have multiple teams or multiple uh, individuals battling for that one first place, right? Uh, somebody's, you're not gonna win all the time. Your, your, your last game or your last moment is gonna be a loss, unless you win every, every time. And uh, so uh, that really inspired me to learn from those uh, setbacks and what did I learn from them and how to improve and, and so I don't make those same mistakes twice or, or be able to be better prepared to, to win. And then life is all about winning. It's yeah. all about how you prepare yourself for your career and what, what are you inspired to do. And so I've always been, since I was at a very young age, got into, uh, you know, I played college baseball, uh, excelled in high school in sports. You mentioned the word prepare and practice probably four times yeah. in that uh, answer. It's really about preparation. It's not necessarily about how you play in that game. It's how you prepared to play in that game. Well, and I've always played team sports. I mean, I mean, I do play some other sports that are individual, but you have to have a team surrounding you, right? So you, if you're going to excel in these positions, whether you're in law enforcement or you're whatever career you're out there as a mayor, uh, where I'm at today, you have to have a quality team around you, and you've got to be able to attract those people, understand, uh, and how to motivate them and or, or excel, right? And uh, I always thought, like, as a mayor, um, and where I'm at today, that you're like the coach of the of the team. Yeah. And so you want to make sure they have the tools to do well. They're practicing well. They're getting prepared for whatever that moment might be and make them very successful. And so when they do well, we win. If they don't, if we lose, then it's on the coach. Uh, Keith Stevens was my uh, first uh, chief of staff and he, he understood exactly what I was looking for. Uh, you know, how to make sure that we're uh, engaging our employees, engaging um, 
the citizens and getting the business owners and understanding that they all play a role in this, right? When we succeed, they all have a, uh, a spot in the team to be able to do that. If we're failing, then, you know, that's up to the, uh, the leadership the, yeah, and the coaching staff to be able to figure out wh who it is. And if we're not fulfilling, it's like anything else. You, you get a new coach, right? And so, uh, and then I had Greg Falkowski who uh, succeeded uh, um, Keith. And he picked up right up. He's very sports minded too, and he understands that uh, uh, you know you you got to produce and you got to be able to provide the tools, and but you also have to be able to be uh, on the front lines with them, right? Yeah. You just can't say go do this, yeah. And then you can't you know, be a general in the no, back yeah. from your high how, how did it work out for you? Yeah. No, no, you have to be out there. So we were we were very hands on with our ideas, and we didn't micromanage. We, we were just there to, to provide assistance that, you know, hey, listen, uh, we're all in this together, so we're going to get our hands uh, just as dirty as you are because, you know, we're not going to just tell you something to do. We're going to show you that we're all in this together. You know, I, I learned that at an early age. Like I said, I, I refer to my mom and dad and my, my brother and two sisters. But, you know, I had a, an incredible uh, coach in basketball, Terry Strawbridge, who, uh, you know, as an early age, he, he motivated me in ways I couldn't believe because I was mad at him most of the time. I'm yeah. like, why, why, are you, why are you doing this to me, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I feel you're like... persecuting right, me. Right, I feel like you're picking on me, but he was setting me up to be successful because he challenged me. And then he made me challenge the people that were the upper class in front of me and says, hey, listen, I know that you're, you're especially in basketball, I was, I was probably good enough to play in the, uh, the varsity level, but I was a younger and we had some talented people in front of us. My job was to make sure they didn't take a day off. Yeah, and those guys hated don't you guys those, those guys hated me. Take it for granted because this guy right. coming up is going to scratch. Yeah, I'm going to push you every day at practice because I want you to win. Yeah, and they didn't know that because before he showed up at Hanover basketball in, in at Hanover Central was just a, a you know it was non-existence. It was you know we had the longest losing streaks in the state of Indiana at, at certain points. We didn't win games. Uh, you know it was just a losing. We, was we, we were the we were the team that you scheduled for your homecoming. Got it. Okay. And we got to win this game. <laughs> right? Let's call yeah, so, these guys. Yeah, absolutely. And he switched that mindset. And it took a cultural change, right? And I, when I saw that and we bought into it and we started to excel, and then we got into my senior year and we won the sectionals before class basketball. We played all against the big boys here. I mean, that resonated that you can actually take something and if you work at it and, and work collectively as a team and you're, you had a, uh, a goal in mind, those, those are great things. That really set the... The, the, the minimum standards, how I held myself where I'm at today. Wow. And, and Coach and I still talk. We yeah. play golf. We, I mean, I mean we, we, we are high school buddies. We still get together, and we still talk about the, the ups and downs of, of what he, uh, how he pushed us. And, and all of us that was on that team are in a position that are very successful in their life now. And, and uh, uh, as much as we didn't want to admit it at the time, uh, he, he played a huge role in that. You got to surround yourself with team. You know, I talked about our, my chief of staffs, my history there. You know, um, and then now here at the South Shore, I brought Greg back uh, with me as well because we want to establish that same thing that we did in Crown Point at the South Shore, which then benefits the entire region, region. with that same philosophy. So our goal is to go out there and be uh, providing uh, tools and uh, you know dollars and, and motivation to all these communities that the visitor is a very par big part of their fabric of economic engine that can be very successful to raise their, their values and quality of life. Yeah. Because it was very successful in Crown Point. It's, it's produced 
huge results in the region, yep. just not for the city of Crown Point. And it's, it's a mindset that we need to change because the one thing that we don't like to always hear going forward is, well, this is the way we've always done it. Yeah. And that just drives us crazy. Now, it may be working, and it may be the best thing out there, but if but you're not challenging... tested. Yeah, absolutely. There could be something better out there. Yeah. And let's not shut ourselves off to think that today's we're just going to go ahead and just get by. And that's not what we want to do. That's what drives us each and every day to, to go up to work and say, what, what can we do better tomorrow than we did today? And then the end result will do itself. Yeah, most people thought when we, uh, we moved into this role over here that we were going to crawl before we walk and then walk before we ran. Uh, day one, we started running. I mean, we're, we're just going to get right into this because, you know, time is money. And, yeah. you know, in, in, in coming out of post-COVID, uh, where the industry that we're involved with, which is tourism and the hospitality industry, probably suffered the, the, the most setback in any other industry that's out there because you needed people, right? And you needed people to be in front of your businesses. You needed people to be able to gravitate and come into your, uh, your attraction and, and spend their, uh, their disposable income in your backyard. And so we wanted to make sure that uh, time wasn't on our side, and we have to we have to get going. Yeah, right? these uh, people are getting their butts kicked for the last couple of yeah, years. They got if we're going to bring them help, like we got to bring them help now. Yeah. So we, you know, in the region, and typically uh, in, in the industry of tourism, your Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you should be golden, right? People yeah. gravitate, come out of their house, and and they're they're going to go out and spend money. It's what we do on Sunday through Wednesday that is going to make the difference in the. Uh, the, the private industry and how they survive. So our goal is to be all out there and make sure that we're uh, motivating, attracting, and letting people know that uh, what you can do here in Northwest, you can do anywhere in the nation, but yeah. you can do it right here. And I always use this because uh, we're, we're so close to Chicago and you know the, the cost of Illinois versus Indiana, it's, that, that, that data just proven itself. So if you're looking at stats, right, you know, yeah. the batting average here in Indiana is much better than the one yep. that's in Illinois. And you get to do the things that 35 miles out of, out of Chicago, right here in Northwest Indiana, with Indiana benefits, yeah. right? Uh, so everything that they had to offer there, we can do it here, and it's gonna cost you less and you get more mileage out of that. And so you wanna come back. And, you yeah. wanna, and then when you start to see what the region's all about, you can see the housing market. Why is people gravitating here? It's not so much they're just escaping yeah. Illinois to come to Indiana, Northwest Indiana. They're coming Indiana. to something better. A absolutely, they're not just absolutely. leaving something worse. You get a bigger, actually... bigger and better house. You've yep. got more attractions. You've got job uh, opportunities here. You've got shopping. You've got attractions. You've got the shoreline beaches of Lake Michigan. Uh, you're in, in between Indianapolis and Chicago, right in that medium part. Yeah, so when we start to look at our, at our team that we assembled in the Crown Point, from our department heads to our employees, you know, I want to mention them because my 14 and a half years in the Crown Point would not be where it's at today. If I didn't have those uh, members, uh, you know, being motivated each and every day to excel and be, take pride in, in their positions, so uh, you know, I owe them a, a huge uh, gratitude of debt because you know uh, I wouldn't be where I'm at today without everyone playing their part. Uh, and, that, and that's to our residents, that's our business owners, and to our, our school leaders, and and then the uh, associated you know elected officials from the county, uh, from the city council, and our Board of Works members, and then all the other boards and commissions that we have that really work together. Yeah, it uh, takes a village. It, 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 it literally it, it, does. It, it did, and we've established that at the South Shore. And before I really gravitated into our workforce there, when you looked at Crown Point, we were a uh, community of choice to live, go to school, but employment. We rarely had turnover employees that wanted to come to Crown Point. It was a coveted position to come, and yeah. the longevity of our 
of, of our uh, employees that were, were tremendous. And so we start to do our yearly appreciation, uh, you know, dinner with our employees, and we recognize employee of the month and all the things that we wanted to make sure that they were, you know, getting an extra, uh, put in the spotlight because they did a lot of things that were unrecognizable, right? Yeah. And we wanted to make sure they were recognized. And so when we start passing out pins of 40 year longevity, 35 years and 30, and it's just those, those numbers were continuing to grow, it just tells you that that was a place that when you had a, uh, an employment opportunity for our city and the, and the team aspect that we created there, they didn't want to leave. Yeah. And we want to replicate that at the, uh, at the South Shore as well. Because there was a talented group of people that uh, were there when I showed up. And like you said before, we kind of mixed a little bit of the uh, of, of our outside. New and existing. Yeah. And so we're now we're our, our best days of the new tourism industry that's out there. Definitely seen a huge increase of our partnerships uh, through uh, the region because of our social media presence. Uh, you know, we're we're introducing our partners. We're we're, we're in front of our uh, news partners and we're welcoming them. With, you know, with us being there and, and talking about where they're at, and all of a sudden we tag. 100 people and then they share that and it's you know it's the old yeah. soap commercial right and it yep. goes on and so on and so yep. on the shampoo and uh that's that's worked well and, I, and i've really motivated it and uh I challenged our staff to to do that and uh you know so when we don't see a whole lot of sharing or a whole lot of likes on something we gotta ask us well, what happened here? from the rocket rails in griffith yeah i experienced that for the very first time living in the region for 30 some years yeah never knew it was there Never knew it was there, yeah. right? And so, but why is that? So let's discover first why that's taking place, but had a great time. Griffith does a tremendous job of taking Broad Street and always stretch all the way down and having bands there and tribute bands and, and uh, nightlife and vendors and that community Food. comes together. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. A, what an incredible experience. We now, as an organization, have to make sure that the, not so much the visitors from out of our area understand about this but, but the region understands. Yeah, yeah. right and let's support that right and so it's, uh, it's interesting I think that's always been a misnomer in tourism is the whole point of tourism is to get people from somewhere else to come here and you're thinking okay but you're missing a big contingent of the market there's a lot of people in Valpo that could go to an event in Chesterton there's a lot of people in Crown Point that could go to an event in Griffith you know there's so much potential there and you ultimately, what do you want the businesses, local businesses to thrive? Whether they thrive on locals or people coming into yeah. the region, you want them to thrive. And Chris, the other challenge besides locally, just getting our identity out there is we've got to uh, develop a relationship with our, uh, our supporting uh, convention visitors authorities or bureaus that are adjacent to us. Yeah. Okay, because the one thing the visitor doesn't, that they don't ever recognize our county boundaries. Yeah, they just they could care less. They just know that the shoreline of Lake Michigan runs from here to here. Yep. Uh, you know, attractions are in Porter County and Laporte County, uh, all the way out to Elkhart. So when I first got in, and, and, and there was this organization called the Northern Indiana uh, Tourism Development Corporation. Yep. And uh, we weren't part of it. We were, and we we, we left. And I'm like, we just just for the pure simplicity of us working together. You know, not working harder, but smarter for the visitor experience. We, we should be part of this. Yeah. So we rejoined. Okay. Uh, there's some, there's a lot of advantages to that because when it comes to lobbyists and things like that, when you have to work with the state legislators, the you power work together. the power of the north can actually have a much more um, 
you know, position of strength and, and, and listening uh, opportunities or, you know, or the legislators to listen to us or there's more legislators to see that we're working together for the common goal. Yeah, so they're willing to invest in you. Absolutely. So that was number one, you know, and, and making sure that the barriers or walls that were put up were torn out. Yeah. Okay. And from that point going forward, we've uh, we've established a whole lot of things. If they're successful. Right. Yeah. We're successful because I want I want Jack from Laporte to send people to Lake County. Yep. And I want to send Lake County people to, to Jack over there in Porter County and, and Laporte County and John all the way in Elkhart and stuff like that because you have to. You can't keep spending your same dollar here and have the same over and over experience as a local person and then expect somebody to go out and, and not spend their dollar somewhere else. We're supposed to make people feel welcome and what can we do to help you to have a great uh, experience here and not worry about, well, I really, I, there's something great over in Porter County and you might want to go see it, but I'm territorial. I, I discourage you. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd stay over here and you know, and, and not have a good time and they yep. go, why did I co show up here, yeah. right? And now they're gonna come back and go, well, listen, I can stay in Lake County and still drive 10 minutes away and, and see something great. Or yeah, I can stay in Porter County and we can bring them over to Lake County and go to Festival Lakes and see Tom's, you know, or the Pierogi Fest or, yeah. you know, or the Rock and Rails or go to Crown Point with uh, yeah. Bulldog Park for a concert or, or just see all the historical downtowns and, uh, be, or, or the winery trails or go to the breweries. Yep. Uh, these are all great things that we can do to share in the marketplace for that visitor to, to understand that they're getting a value in their dollar and what a great place to come to. And most of the people here are going outside of this region to go find those things. They're going somewhere else to go to the winery trail. They're going somewhere else to go to a brewery. They're going somewhere else to go to a music festival. There's festivals right here. There's wineries right here. There's breweries right here. And at, at this point right now in this conversation, this interview, I haven't even mentioned our, our biggest attraction, which are sports. And we recently uh, just, uh, you know, got a study that was done in 2021 about what the industry and tourism in just Lake County alone, yeah. okay, uh, over 1.1 billion, with a B, all right, was spent on tourism in the region in 2021. And this is post-COVID, and that's the highest number ever to assemble in, in, in the region, yeah. okay? And so you can see that out of COVID, Those dollars. We're, we're coming through there. and. Not to go back to the Crown Point uh, opportunity, but I believe that we set that tone a little bit because we invested in amateur sports day one, dollar one, when I became mayor. Yeah, uh, I, I took a lot of flack for that, you know, because people said you were really. First of all, they always thought let's get the kids off the street and give them something to do. Well, we did that, right? Yeah. Well, you're spending a lot of money on sports. Well. In Crown Point, we don't have a lot of big boxes, right? That was not, you know, we're not going to compete. That wasn't going to be your economic no, I savior. mean, if I did, I'm hurting Maryville and I'm hurting Hobart, right? Yep. And so we wanted to be good partners. So our big box was our sports complexes. Yep. You know, Legacy Fields, Santa Ross Park, Bulldog Park. We invested in, in, uh, in our in-house leagues Monday through Thursday. Yeah. And then on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they became tournament facilities. And that really gravitated it's a amazing lot. amazing how that strategy is just playing out as you circle back to what you were talking about, about, hey, we got to fill this Monday through Thursday, yeah. but, or, you know, Sunday through Thursday, but Monday and, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we got it booked. And they, we, we, as soon as we built those fields and we had some good partnerships with the Dean and Barbara White uh, Foundation, uh, the City uh, Redevelopment Commission put money into those facilities. Uh, we took off. Those were our big boxes. That's what filled a lot of the voids that we talk about, our mom and pa shops and our, and our locally owned businesses in Crown Point. That created nearly 500 million in new wages, okay? 
with the local uh, option income tax that's what's out there because that's part of the property tax relief right yeah. All that whole formula has to come here's the most staggering thing that people don't realize is that over 190 plus thousand houses are in lake county that's growing give or take right tourism by itself supplements and saves each homeowner $665 on their tax bill. If tourism was completely gone and we took that one point out of the out of the equation, his bill goes up by 700 bucks. Or because of the tax caps, that's 665 uh, that $665 uh, would have to be supplements from some other program. You're able to go out there and do more infrastructure on your roads. You're able to hire more police officers, more firefighters, more quality of life programs come in because tourism left their checkbook here, paid for things that you can enjoy all year round. The one thing that we are lacking in the region to make us more competitive in the marketplace, Chris, is a convention and sports arena. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk about that. This is not a convention center, yeah. but a sports arena. Because when you start to look at the number of hotels that we have in, in the region and the, the rates that people stay in them, okay? But we see a complete dip in the market share of people staying in the region when it gets colder. Yeah, We don't have indoor facilities to, to accommodate the things that else people go. So we think that long-term, if we can get the RDA, our organization involved, uh, the county council and the county commissioners to understand that this is a huge impact to raise that $665 to 800 to 1,000, right? That we can build a $170 million um, venue that's gonna have a convention center component of it, a sports arena component of it. It's gonna create more jobs, more opportunity. It's gonna be able to attract the mid-major events from the NCAA in a high school association your colleges from Purdue Northwest, IUN, uh, other events that can take place in there as well. And that's gonna fill the voids that we can actually have something that's gonna last 12 months out of the year versus eight months out of the year. Yep. The rates of those hotels are gonna continue to rise up. Uh, people are gonna gravitate here to, to the region and it's gonna make us a truly the top destination for amateur sports in Northwest Indiana and be able to do it out of the Chicago market with Indiana benefits. Yep. And the most important part of this whole thing is a quality of life amenity this size, that magnitude, has never been seen by the, the history of our region. Not one business tax dollar or residential tax dollar will pay have to pay for it. Yeah. But you're gonna get the value. Perfect combination of what transpired to to get the casino situation where it's at. Yeah. And taking a good chunk of those dollars and putting them back in the region to foster something that otherwise everybody here would have had to pay for. So we this we have a golden opportunity. And I'm very confident that the foundation of these this grant process and this dollars that could be landed back here into the region is is, is well in its way. Is it its best version yet? I, I, that's, yeah. a, that's a debate yeah. to, to be talked about. But let's not look at the gift horse right now and say, we don't, we don't like what's happening. I mean, I got a sheet right here that shows you this is just this year alone, Chris. This is, uh, we've got over almost 50,000 participants from different sporting events coming in the region itself. Uh, this generates over 12,500 room nights. Uh, and it has a $10.5 million direct impact just based on how these programs work. 
Obviously, you got a great sports background, but what do you learn being a referee? Because you get to see people play hard and compete hard, but they've also got to play within the rules. And so you see sort of the best of competitiveness, the best of discipline, or maybe sometimes the worst of both. But um, what do you take from being a referee that educates the other aspects of your life? Well, first, let me tell you why that that's the only I, mean, I know you get a lot of appreciation and fandom and people are always thanking oh, you. Oh, sure, and, yeah, yeah. The referees are... You know, the yeah. players are coming out with five bucks and giving you a tip <laughs> for such a great job. Uh, actually, we've seen a, a lot of uh, improved uh, appreciation and sportsmanship from the players. That's, that stems from the coaches and stuff like that because... Uh, there, there is a shortage on referees. There's yeah. no doubt about it. And, uh, and if, unless there's a better appreciation for the, the game itself, that, that we play a part of that, because uh, you, you can't call your own, you'll never get nothing accomplished. Yeah. But basketball to me is one of the most fascinating sports out there. Of that's that's why I gravitate. I, I played, I coached, now I referee because I think that's one of the most sport, most impactful sports out there that you need actually teamwork to excel and, and, and achieve success. And the referees play a big part of that because you know, you gotta be able to manage what is taking place out there because it's nonstop, chaotic, five on five, and there's three of us out there, in some cases only two at the lower levels. And you got the coaches, you got the fans, and um, you know, I, I, I did it because I, I, I love the, the game itself. I don't wanna watch it in stands, I wanna be yeah. involved in it. That's why I gravitated towards back to it. Um, and then when it's year round, I, coaching was—it just became too much. Too much because you couldn't accomplish other things in your life. And uh, um, so when I got back to when I was, was mayor, uh, it was a different release of two hours. So almost three hours because you have an hour before the game, you have basically an hour and a half, two hours of the game, and then you have the travel time back. And during that time, for nothing else in your world, nothing else in your life. You know whether good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah. Is put on hold. Yeah, you can't be checking your phone. Nope. You can't be listening no. to somebody's it's a, concern. It's an incredible, it's an incredible self fulfillment of a release of just shutting it down and enjoying something you actually love to watch. Uh, again, you can play, you can coach, referee. Hate watching in the stands. Yeah. I'll watch on basketball, but when now more times than not, when I watch a high school basketball game or a college basketball game program, I'm watching the officials. Yeah. You know. You know and, and it's all about angles. So some of the things that we talk about with our coaches now, the pregame will set the tone for everything. We'll talk to the coaches because we understand that wins and losses are huge to them. They want to win. Uh, but we want to make sure that we're doing in a professional, respectful manner. I said, if I, I go to have coaches conferences now and our entire crew does it now, we establish that from the get-go. If we're going to have a conversation at any point in the game, yeah, you're going to you're going to have a question, you're going to have a concern, but if we can't have a respectful and professional uh, communications, then we're not going to talk. Yeah. Because as soon as you elevate it up there, the conversation's over. And so if ever you have a passionate coach, and there are very few, there's some yep. are out there, they they don't like a call or you didn't like your your partner's call and they want to bark in your ear, I'll immediately go, where's our agreement? Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah. And immediately deflate the conversation. Brings them down to a a, a, a peer. Yeah. I realize we can't yeah, yell. Cause, we yeah, because if, if you're too wound up, you're not going to listen to what I have to say, anyways. Let's, yeah. So let's bring it down a notch. We'll talk, and if we don't, we're going to move on. Yeah, and that works tremendously. Uh, and then we always establish the fact that this is a physical game. It's our job to be able to figure out if that action of physicality was within the rules 
or against the rules. If in our angle, if it was against the rules, we're, we're going to put air in the whistle, yeah. right? And if it's not because it's a physical sport, we're going to move on based on the flow and the action, you know, and interpret. You know, a lot of times where somebody's at, at, at the timeline where the 10 second line's at and they get a steal and they're going to break away and we know it's going to be a breakaway layup and they should make that shot, right? Yeah. And marginal contact and coach is honest. There's a foul, and I'm like, Are you sure you want that? Because I think you're going to get the layup there, yeah. right? All right? I mean, yeah. I mean, we you have to be able to think like that. Again, we don't try to adjudicate a call based on we feel we, you know yeah. the advantage. We or really like these guys from Griffith. You you got to have that background and knowledge, and, and and how are you going to manage that game? Because the level of competition sometimes will dictate how a game could be as beautiful it could be, yeah. or it could look very bad. As it, it, to me, as you rise up and get deeper into the high school playoffs, yeah, you know, from the sectionals to the regionals to a semi-state, and I was fortunate to do a state uh, final this past year. It's easier to officiate those games because the talent is so much better. Their experience dealing a with foul rest. looks like a foul. Yeah, and, you know, and a travel is a travel, or the flow of the game is so much better. Because you really have talented players, whether it's the, the girls or boys side, at the highest level. Yeah, It's difficult to see games where you have maybe not the most talented teams out there, and they're falling down on their own, they're, they're pushing and shoving, and you get to say, well, I can call everything? Yeah. Well, how do I triage this game to get us through to a result? So it's not a three-hour game. Yeah, I mean, so you've got to sit there and look, based on your experience, you, yeah. you know, and, and, and get through that. And you've got to be able to communicate to the coach that, you know, what you're seeing might be different than what they're seeing, yeah. you know? And there's a three-man system, right? So typically the, the referee that's standing next to the coach is considered what's called a C slot. That's the center slot of the floor, okay. not from north and south, but from east and west. And that person, 99% of the time, unless the ball's in front of him, is watching all off-ball activity. Yeah. yeah. But the coach is watching the ball in your ear thinking that's what you're watching. Yeah. And because you're standing next to yeah. each other. And he's like, how did you not see that? And you're like, I'm intentionally not watching If that. I'm watching it, I'm not doing my job, right? <laughs> exactly. And so from being a coach proximity, to... Proximity, you're to, the one they want to go. Yeah, from a coach, a player to a coach to a referee, we, we, we tend to have a, a better vision of the, in the application of the game. And so uh, usually the guys that are, uh, are really good at what they do out there can, can look at all aspects and make sure that they're... Uh, seeing things and have a patient whistle sometimes. Don't anticipate. Don't look through. Yeah. Uh, and never ever uh, try to you know look at another game film and and tell somebody else did something bad. I mean, as another official. I mean, because you you don't know what they're looking at. I mean, yeah. I can watch it from a TV here and go, I think uh, I think you missed that call. But from their angle, they saw completely different, right? And so the TV people, uh, the fans are all at different angles of the floor, can see things differently. And these people are making decisions in nanoseconds yeah. of, of time. So, you know, bear with them a little bit if they might have seen that a little bit different than you saw. Yeah, so we, we, we encourage more people uh, to get involved. We, we, we have a great feeder program with the Lake County Athletic Association. We're also part of the uh, Northwest Indian Association, uh, you know, and uh, Hoosier uh, Athletic Association. So we, we, we have pretty much the same nucleus of uh, uh, men and women officials that are in the same associations, but each one of those schools have a different affiliation who assigns, okay. and then you have an assigner, and then you get your games, and, and then you go. So when it comes late October to March, uh, 
we're, we're usually rocking and rolling for maybe four or five nights a week, and all of a sudden, winter's gone. Yeah. Because you're not sitting at home complaining about snow and it's cold. Yeah. You're getting in your car with some of your, your, your best buddies, and you go work a game, and it's a great opportunity to shut off life as you know it for just a couple hours. That's great. That's absolutely great. And you learn a lot that I think ultimately helps you in the other aspects of your life. Like, hey, if we're having tension, let's dial it down a little bit. Yeah. Breathe. And just let's look at the situation with a little bit less emotion and let's and figure it out. Yeah. It, it does help, too, that I, you know, I've been fortunate to work with a consistent crew uh, because then you know what to expect. Uh, and then when you get into playoffs uh, and the sectionals, they break all that up. They encourage you know, three-man crews to work all year long, yeah. and then when you get to the playoffs, uh, we're going to break that up, and you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna have to work with guys you never worked with before, and you're gonna, it's going to take you three or four games to get that sectional final to you know figure out what do we got here, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, but you got to trust your partner. You got to be able to stay in your primaries and you know not over accelerate or, or you know just. You're not there to influence them. You're there to respect yeah, what they're doing. But they've earned the right to be there. So yeah. that's the first thing you got to remember is the fact that how you got there is the same way they got there. And what did you see? What was different, right? And then you hear the perspective of the other guys, and you know, or we'll watch game tape from college or something else, and we'll roll real quick and go, "What do we got here, guys?" And it's amazing how uh, if you got 50 guys in a room watching a film, the it's not 100. percent Yeah. You know, well, I gotta call the charge. I gotta call the block. I, you know, I didn't see a travel there. I, I, I gotta call the intentional, or you know, so the human aspect of how people look at the game is, is what is so cool about the human aspect of the players and the human factor from the coaches. How has tourism changed over those 40 years? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, through social media and through the internet, through how you do your travel plans and how you, um, you know, plan a, a, a trip. You know, if you you look back you don't to use the, a trip tick from AAA anymore and like flip through the charts. Yeah, but we, we do have an area guide that can, yeah. we still put that out there because I think you having something tangible in your hand uh, versus trying to you know because not all the time do you have. You know, great cell service sometimes, or internet service, and something happens. I mean, we still produce that area guide of all our attractions and places to go and people to see, and how to plan, right? Uh, you know, it's the Clark W. Griswold philosophy. You know, you got you got the trip, and you got to be out there, and you got to show where you're going, right? Yeah. And, and you got to plan the whole thing. And we'd have the milestones as a kid. Yeah. That we'd be like, oh, flip to the next page. We're in Tennessee. Okay, flip. Okay, let's, now let's, how let's, far down on the page are we in? Yeah, I mean, there's milestones and there's history to be yeah. told, right? Uh, so I don't think that part has changed at all, but just on how you get to your hotels and how you check in and what's available and you know and what's uh, you know how people travel today are, are a little bit different, right? And uh, that's just technology, and we have to embrace that. Uh, you know, with our 40th anniversary, we we talk about our logo here, so if you can see our new logo here. That's our our 40th anniversary logo, and. We produced uh, an acronym within the name itself because it's 40, right? So we're forging opportunities uh, for residents and travelers and youth sports uh, in the region. So that ad, that that says 40. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, you know, you go back and look at each decade. You know, we're we're once we get past this year, we're, we're going to be closest to our 50th anniversary than we ever have in the past, right? Um, and uh, again, through the uh, leaderships of many different uh, presidents and CEOs that have. Uh, serve this capacity, all the employees and travel counselors who have uh, 
took their time to be part of the the South Shore, uh, you know, formerly the Lake County Convention. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the visitors who come through here are board members who have come and gone, right? Have all left their mark in a positive way to move the industry of tourism to where it's at today. And I'm just very fortunate to be able to pick that baton up and try to make the new mark and just leave it better than I received it when they left it to me. Basically, like a coach, you come, yep. you coach, you come onto a team. You want to take the players you got. You want to recruit great new energy. You want to teach them your discipline, and then you want to go win as many well, championships as you can. We, we we created a motto in Crown Point: building a stronger community from within, and that motto still resonates today with with Maryland and the employees there. We created a new motto for our organization going forward. Here is building a stronger uh, tourism industry, one visitor at a time. Okay, and that's. Makes sense, right? I mean, mm -hmm. for if we can every add, we can continue to bring somebody back or add to that uh, population number, it's it's going to help our businesses. My goal is to put as many people in front of your business as possible. It's for you and the private side to have a business they want to welcome and come into your door. Yeah. What impressed me a lot at the recent partner summit that you did up at Hard Rock is how many areas you can help people with. A lot of people probably presume it's that visitor's guide and you say, oh, well, I want to add in the visitor's guide. Okay, that's one thing. But there's 15 other things where you're helping them with email marketing and social media and video production and event hosting. It literally is a whole array of marketing services for a lot of those small, smaller and mid-sized businesses. They don't have a department to do all of this no. stuff. Uh, you know, our Rose and Rise Awards, uh, you know, are, are well attended and we're getting more information out there and how they can partner in that. We anticipate that being uh, another, uh, and nominations are open now. So let's, if, if you know anybody out there that has provided you an incredible service and made you feel more welcomed or went out of their comfort zone and did something beyond their, their, uh, their really, they're supposed to do. Yeah. Write, take, take 10 minutes to write them up, you know? And what's cool about that is, if they they go to a committee, uh, not by us, it's it's an outside source. They picked all these winners out. Then our, our partners all come back in and want to be partners in rewarding these people. Right? They get their rows, they show up, they get announced. Last year they walked out almost like almost eleven $1 hundred dollars in gift cards and baskets. Right? And they get great treatment. They yes. get a massage or yeah. their hair done. Everybody gets everybody gets that right. Everybody gets that right. Yeah. So it's it's and that just sets the tone. And that's a national, that's not just a South Shore event, that's a national uh, event this year, uh, every year. And uh, so whether you're um, the, in the service industry and, or if you're in the uh, you know, leadership industry, of your, there's two different opportunities out there for the Rose and Rise. Good news wasn't supposed to work as a business model. Um, focusing on the positive wasn't, you know, deemed to be a likely route of success um, in modern media. Uh, the trends of positivity versus negativity when you get to social media, they don't seem to be going in the positivity's favor. Um, what do you think it is about this region or the people around here that have allowed this to still be here? As far as the good news is concerned? Yeah, yeah. Uh, How did this work here? I, I gotta give you and your team all the credit. Uh, you guys are at every event that is being 
put out by either the cities or towns or chambers or or whatnot that is gravitating towards you know the positivity of what's taking place right and you're sharing that you're you're well known on the social media you have a brand name that people recognize and then when they see your your team members uh, come to these events uh, they're so welcoming to extract why they're there and then I think that's what's making this, this huge success because you're hearing testimonials, not planned testimonials, you're hearing testimonials from people that really see the value, what, why they're at those events and what it means to them and what they mean to be somebody from the region. You're capturing all that and putting it out there for people to see and, and it, it's, it's positivities, right? It's, it's, it's when you hear it, you wanna gravitate, you wanna be associated with and you wanna be on that team. I think through your leadership all the way down, you guys have done a great job of uh, I don't use the word you're selling it because it sells itself and people are so turned off. I think good does a great job of selling good. You yes. just have to actually put a light on it. You've done a great job putting a light on it, okay, 24-7. You put a light on it, you put the sun on it, you put the moon on it. You've done all those things that make people feel good about themselves and that positive news should be our our, our number one position. I can't wait to start celebrating your guys' 25-year anniversary and your and your 50th anniversary because you're you're going to be here and and you you've got an organization here that believes in what you're doing. Yeah, I know the the history we've had back and forth uh, are all about positive news and uh, how you covered Crown Point and uh, helped us share that message uh, to the community. Helped really put our best foot forward and get all the positive things to take place in the region, not only in Crown Point but regionally wise from. You know, Lake County and the Porter County and the Laporte County, and uh, uh, it's incredible what you've done to uh, take news and make it uh, what it's supposed to be positive. Fun. Yes, but you are doing something differently. You're actually taking the good news and making sure it's being heard out there. Well, thank you. So, uh, congratulations, uh, you and your team. We're some of all of the parts of Northwest Indiana, and ultimately, is we're a mirror. We just reflect what's out there, and I'm, we're very lucky that if people didn't do a bunch of nice stuff, or if they weren't generally good to each other, doing things positive, we wouldn't have a lot of work to do. We're in Valpo. This yeah. is your home base here. So I wanted to make sure you had a, a autographed copy mm. of one of our posters here. From you, you recognize this gentleman oh, here? Oh yes, Jeff Smarja. Yeah, so, him a couple of times. Yeah, so he was uh, the guest speaker at the Gary Oldtimers this yep. past year, and uh, he was one of our poster series that was generated from the South Shore uh, awesome. Convention Center. So we made sure we got a signed autographed uh, copy that I'm sure you'll be proudly displaying. In your office here, absolutely uh, and, uh, makes a lot of sense here because uh, you know he's a he's a he's a Valpo descendant, so um, we, in Porter County at least. We uh, when he was uh, making his first pitch in Wrigley uh, was right after we launched, and there was three of us working above my garage uh, when we first started the site. And I turned to Brett Fuller, who was my main guy working with me, and I said, Brett, call up the Cubs. We're going to get a press pass. I'll be down in the field taking pictures. You'll be up in the press box. And he said, uh, I, I don't want to be discouraging, but do you realize we're Valpo Life, right? And I said, well, yeah, we're, we're Valpo Life. And he's like, we've been around for a couple months. Like, most people in Valpo don't even know who we are. And I said, that doesn't matter. They won't know. Just call up the Cubs and say, we're the main online good news media in Valpo. And he's like, well, we're the only. And I said, okay, just we're the only and the main. Come on, <laughs> quit, quit, quit 
quit knocking it. And we, he called up, got us press passes, was down on the field, we were down on the field that day, taking pictures, shooting a video, all that kind of stuff. I just thought maybe you know, that would be appropriate for you to display here in your office, because you, you know the history behind Jeff and what he's done for football and baseball. Yeah. You know? And you know, he gravitated, you know, obviously, to, to baseball, and he pitched for my team, which is the Cubs. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry you didn't ask that. Your Cubs are size, and you know where I'm at. Yep. I'm a huge Cub fan. Uh, but yeah, so uh, but before I leave here again, I just want to make sure I close and say thank you to your, you and your team for what you do. You know, enjoy the the uh, the nightlight leg lamp here. You know what it means, and uh, uh, I represent uh, Northwest Indiana Lake County, our uh, board of directors, our staff, and uh, want to say that uh, whatever you need from the South Shore visitors or convention visitors authority, uh, you know, we're here to help. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Thank you.